calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. Riders and welcome to another edition of The Flow. I am your community manager from Ecamm, Doc Rock, along with my awesome co-host. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. <laughs> hey, I'm, I thought you was going to Katie Fox. Okay, see, we use salutate differently. It throws me off because it just makes me laugh. Anyway, Every time, keeping today, you on your toes. <laughs> we're going to do something <laughs> cool today. We're going to talk about what are the advantages of doing a video podcast. And this is really good because... I was just listening to the new product release from Captivate. And of course, people ask that question of them because they don't directly have a video podcast link. So a lot of the hosters don't. But now with YouTube, you don't necessarily have to have them tied into one thing. It's very easy to do. And Mark had an amazing answer. And I kind of agree with his answer. What was his answer? We should start right there. What did Mark have to say? Because I, I think that's a good starting place. He said, and this is a very good answer. It's different from my answer, but it's a good answer. <laughs> if you have the time, do so. If you don't, don't worry about it just yet. Just stick to doing your audio podcast because it's better that you have something instead of nothing. That's a good one. I completely agree with it. And B, I think it's similar to what my answer would be to that question as well. I, I think that's a really, that's a good perspective. But, but here's why it doesn't match us. Yes, go for it. Okay, so here's why it doesn't match us. Because we make the thing that makes it easy for a chimpanzee to do a video <laughs> podcast and save time, not need more time. And this is true. For general people using the other tools, video would take them longer. And so I understand why he has that perspective. I don't want to say he's wrong because he's right. He's not. It's just yeah. like 
someone says, Doc, can you carry 17 four by eight sheets of plywood? My answer is yes. Why? I have a pickup truck, right? If you have a Corolla, the answer is no. I got to go rent a truck and then go to the Home Depot, which you can rent trucks from Home Depot, but it's going to take me a little bit longer. So to them, yes, it is more work. It's going to take them longer. Me, I just dee, 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 back up to the Home Depot. Hey, Kavika, throw the wood in the back, cuz. Throw the wood in the back, and I just take it to where I got to take it. So we have a pickup truck. We have a tool that will actually make doing a video podcast easier. So his perspective is solid right for most folks, but we're ECAM. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. And I, I think, too, a lot of it comes down to perspective. In this episode, we're talking about what are the advantages to video podcasting. There are a number of benefits and reasons why you should be considering video podcasting. But I think what you just said is a really important thing to keep in mind as well. Like if we in this episode sell you on the idea of jumping into video podcasting, you need to be thinking through what is the easiest and most professional and the way that you want to be able to accomplish that, right? If you're approaching it from, I already have an audio podcast and my audio only podcast is working really well and I want to add video on and you're thinking through all of the ways to do that and it feels like double the work, that's a very different perspective from I'm starting a podcast for the first time and I'm going to start with video. It's also a really different perspective from I'm starting and adding video in and I'm using Zoom or I'm using Riverside or I'm using all these other different tools. The tools are going to make the process different. So yeah, I think you really need to know why you want to add video and whether or not you're adding it into an existing workflow and need to make edits there or you're starting with a video first workflow. All of those things are really important. We'll, we'll dive in this one into just why, why video If you have general. to go get stuff and then buy something new and figure out, yeah, you're in a whole different perspective. So I think we just, we do make it easier. I think one of the first advantages is always going to be audience engagement. I believe that videos are just generally more engaging than audio by itself in the first place. They add a visual element. It helps hold people's attention. And we get a live studio audience that we get to interact with. So I think audience engagement is my first answer. Yeah, audience engagement. And I would say as like an extension on that, if you are going to at any point in your podcast have guests on, you're probably already recording video or thinking about video because being face-to-face, quote unquote, with a guest is just providing a better overall conversation and experience for you, for the guest, and for the listeners on the other end. I think there's just something about video and about being able to have conversations and see people's cues and reactions and what that experience is like for people that just makes it a better quality podcast in the end. I think having that video side of it is probably something that people are already thinking about anyway if they're adding in guests or for the kind of experience that they're trying to create. And that that engagement with the guests is better, of course, as we always talk about. I think the second key element is that it expands your reach. Video podcasting just automatically helps you reach different audiences because there's different people looking for it in different places. And there's the audience that generally just prefer video over audio because they have been coached by people to believe that they're visual. There's no such thing. <laughs> it it also visual learners. <laughs> it, yep. it, it's super funny. Me and Kali fight about this all the time when she swears she's a visual learner, but that has been so debunked. It's super funny. Anyway, it also allows you to leverage platforms like YouTube, which we do. And we all know that YouTube is the second largest search engine. So, it is just genuinely better in 
finding new people. People are constantly scrubbing YouTube. I don't know about you, but I'm curious for the people in the live studio audience, how many random videos that you were not searching for do you watch in a day or in a week? For me, Sunday like is where I'm really studying YouTube, right? And I'm normally there looking for something to relax to, not necessarily do any tutorials, whatever, this sort of kickback mode. The amount of random things that I watch. I saw one yesterday I got to send to you to show to Dane. A guy took the motors out of a Dyson and built a plane thinking that they wouldn't work. I'm going to leave the premise at that. <laughs> Definitely sent that one along. I would love to watch that one too. It was engineering nerd heaven. I don't do that intentionally because I feel like I spend a lot of time during the work week on YouTube, watching videos, creating videos, engaging, like doing kind of all of the YouTube stuff. But I will say that what you just said, the I saw like a really great video that I wanted to send to you for Dane, that happens to me a lot. And I spend a lot of my time on the weekend getting videos that are sent to me or clips that are sent to me that allows me to discover someone new or a channel that I want to check out or a project I want to work on. Or what I'm doing during the work week, I've stumbled across, you know, different creators and different shows and different podcasts and all of that content that then I am sending along to other people. So I feel like video, and maybe this is my own perspective, but I feel like video, especially any like shorter clips, so how you're repurposing your video podcast, makes it significantly more shareable than I think an audio only podcast is. Like I am much more likely to send video clips, TikTok clips, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts to a specific timestamp in a YouTube video to friends and family and colleagues than I am to say, oh, I heard this amazing thing in a podcast. I'll say that, but they're less likely to actually go in and listen to that than they might be to check out a video clip or I'm like running up and show, like, look, look at this on my phone. Like showing them, showing yeah, them the that phone. happens all the time. Oh, no, wait, I just got to double check again. Do you really think you don't watch random videos? Not that you seek them out, that they just happen to pop into your Oh, no, no, I definitely watch. It. I definitely yeah, watch. Yeah, that's what I mean. Videos. I don't mean necessarily. <laughs> I don't start out to do it to go find random clips. I start out to watch videos about something to do with Japan or watching cooking stuff with Baba. And then something random pops up and then I watch it. And I'd be like, oh my goodness. You know? So, yeah, no, I don't think I seek them out. I think they just happen. <laughs> and Gretchen says she probably watches about 10. So, yeah, it's super funny, but. I think a lot of people just run into lots of videos random. We found the cat dancing videos or, um, you know, the weird stuff back in the day when that's all YouTube had. We Most of us found them randomly. So I'll cover what Katie said again, and we could dig deeper if necessary. Katie mentioned content flexibility. That re, that repeepus, that repeepusing content. <laughs> you know, repeepusing, yeah. Oh, the script, we just broke that. <laughs> anyway, that, that concept of being able to take those clips and share them in various manners especially on other sites that your discovery channels, as I mentioned often in my talk, that is so big. And I think a lot of people who are hemming and hawing about having to make a video podcast are the exact same people that come into any talk of podcasting and say, how do I expand my audience? How do I get more listeners? <laughs> uh. Yeah. I honestly think that number one advantage is reach. And then as an extension off of reach are all of the kind of other sub advantages. Like you said, I think engagement, eye contact, being able to just create better content. And then the reality of all of this, which we've mentioned a number of times, but is worth reiterating, is that video is the hardest, most time consuming, most 
challenging, get inside your head, don't really want to do it sometimes thing. So if you're starting with that and you're creating a process to make that the easiest point, everything else along the way is just faster and easier and more repeatable and more consumable and more shareable because you're knocking off the hardest thing to do up front. And if you can get yourself into that mindset, it's so much easier. I was talking about another show that we do for Ecamm that I do called Meet the Ecamm Fam. And it's just an interview show. It's bringing on Ecamm customers and talking about like how they do what they do. It's been funny lately how many kind of offshoot video projects we've been thinking that can kind of sit under that brand. It's like, oh, we can do behind the scenes tours of, you know, some of the studio spaces and have that kind of, you know, like tour, you know, tour in Ecamm fam space. We were talking with Tatiana and with Val earlier today about the idea of doing like a common streamer mistake. So it's like meet the Ecamm fam mistakes. Like, but all of that is really doable under kind of the show brand because it's given me the flexibility under that video to be able to say like, okay, maybe this isn't one of the regular episodes that I do. It's like a special episode, but being able to do that in the video format makes that just so much easier for me to do that as like a short video clip. I can pull the audio out of that. But if if I was only in the audio space, I would just be limited by what I'm able to do and the audiences that I'm able to reach. So that's a really long-winded way of just being like, if you start with a video, then you automatically have the most reach and you automatically have the most amount of flexibility and you've done the hardest thing first. So I, everything else should be easier. i give you a real simple way. And most people may not realize this, but when you, if you start in culinary practice, you start with soups and stocks. Why? The because base, with soups yeah. and stocks, you can make <laughs> everything. Right. You Once everything. you have stock in your freezer or whatever, stocked up for the winter, probably where the name <laughs> came from. It's probably uh, where the name came from. Yeah. That stock can be used to make all kind of myriad things, including even something as simple as cornbread. You're like, oh, I wouldn't put chicken stock in cornbread. That's why your cornbread don't taste good as my grandma's, because she would throw chicken stock in there sometime and then add all the other stuff. And it had like a little bit of depth or richness. So her like rosemary chicken cheese cornbread was like, man, come on. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> well, now I'm, I'm starving as right. usual. So, soups and stocks is big. The other one is um, I was thinking in that same thing was the reason why you start with a bechamel sauce. Because when you learn how to do bechamel or basic tomato, you can make all myriad other types of sauces as well. Right. So same thing. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about monetization opportunities. Platforms like YouTube definitely offer you a chance to make you know money off of it that way. Because you're doing it live, you can also do things like super chats or donations during the stream. And they also make it easy now once you hit a certain level in your platform to have memberships around that or, and to put a shelf when you're looking at your show. Let me check this episode for us. Do we have the shelf show up yet? I think I have my format rearranged on my screen. I don't really see it. But there is a shelf when you're watching videos on YouTube of Ecamm, there's a shelf with Ecamm products right there. On I know, because the I was thinking that, this morning that I need to go in and add our new Flowrider t-shirt to the, <laughs> to the shelf. I haven't yet done that, but uh, yeah, no, and it's really seamless and easy. I think, again, that's an easier approach to have it all centralized in the, the space that has the most amount of impact versus trying to say to someone, you know, hey, podcast listeners, we just started our Patreon. It's over here on this separate link. You know, here are the different benefits that a Patreon is going to get. If you have everything that's all integrated in one space, it's just easier for everyone to be able to 
consume and to be part of it and to be giving you money, which is the point of your monetization, I would assume. I guess I would say it's not that anything on the audio only side is wrong or bad. It really just comes down to what you're trying to accomplish with it. So, you know, if I guess really if it's if at any point you want to be creating video, we would encourage you to just start with video and go all in. If you don't, if it's just not something that you're going to do or you're doing it like very sparsely, like you're only doing it for behind the scenes of your podcast or you're doing it as like special pop-up events, then great. Like there is nothing wrong with taking a uh, audio only approach. It's just a matter of thinking through what the goals of your podcast are, what you're trying to get out of it. And if reach is really important to you, and if, you know, being able to grow and have multiple audiences and multiple monetization opportunities, then you really should be strongly making a pros and cons list and considering whether or not video is a good approach for you. And if it is, go all in and set yourself up for success because again, you need more tools and you need different platforms to be able to bring video in. So you might as well start with that as being your most important thing and then pull everything down from there versus trying to go the other way. It can often be difficult to think through, especially if you have a really well-established audio-only podcast. This is a really good comment from the chat. Uh, Big Rich is saying, the hardest part of video podcasting is showing things on camera and not talking about them. It makes the audio version weird. And I completely agree with that. But what's funny to me is I've been saying that for a while, but then I realized that I have listened to something like Mac Power Users for going on 15 years. And it's all about Mac software, and they've never had a video podcast. And they're talking about, (laughs) or even day one, I listened to the day one podcast for years. And back in the day when uh, Phil had the Evernote podcast, I listened to the Evernote podcast for years. And people would come in and talk about their Evernote flow and their lists and how they build checklists and, you know, how they're organizing their content. And it was all just done explaining because there was definitely no video. So... I can see how it's weird, but I think, and, and I'm sure Rich already knows this, if you make a pointed effort to remind people, if you happen to be listening to this on the audio version, hey, this is where you would notice. Open the preferences. It's in the third tab, you know, down here, here, here. Yeah, you need to be intentional with, with what you're saying. But it is very easy to forget. Yeah. <laughs> it is 100% easy to forget. Exactly. We were talking before we jumped on and, and kind of the, the tech check about last week's episode, right? You and, and Luis did a really technical, I guess, episode where it was a lot of live demo mode open and there were a lot of different windows. And Luis was saying that, you know, in a couple of times there were comment, you know, there were times where you and he were walking through things and it was like, check out this window or that window, which wouldn't work for a listening audience. But in post, Luis was able to just make those edits, thinking through that we have a listener audience as well as a viewer audience and be able to make those cuts. And because both of you were thinking about both of those audiences while you were doing that episode, there were only a couple of times where it was like this or that or things that wouldn't be relevant. And it was easy to easy ish (laughs) to be able to do that editing work in post-production and still have an episode that is relevant enough. And obviously for anyone that has that software that is being able to look through can follow along. I I think it's just some level of intentionality going in. It may not always be perfect. You may have episodes that definitely make more sense from a video standpoint, but I I think that's okay. As long as you're being upfront with that and as long as your audiences know where to find things. So like your listener audience can say like, oh, okay, like I was listening to this. It piqued my interest enough that I want to go and watch the video to dive deeper into this. Or 
this wasn't an episode that was relevant to me. And so I'm just going to go to the next audio episode. And like, I think, I think that's, that's fine. Right? You have yeah. to be willing to understand that not every episode is going to be good for everyone. Now, you know, I personally, I wouldn't have edited it out. I would have left it in there and I would have done the Gary Vaynerchuk maneuver, which he does all the time in his audio books, because by the time he gets to record the audio books, it's normally about two months after the actual book has been sent to the press. Right. Yeah. And so he comes up with ideas that aren't in the book and he'll be reading the book and then he'll stop and be like, okay, listen, I'm sorry for the people that had this on paper, but since you guys got the audio book version, here's something else I wanted to add to this topic. I wanted to make sure it's a little bit more clear and he'll make adjustments. Right. And so in that same vein, I would be like, listen, okay, as you know, you're listening to this on the audio. We're showing some of these examples on the videos. Please remember to check the description of this podcast. It has a link to the video. I highly suggest you watch the video. So you create a FOMO and you just insert that a couple times in as you're talking. Even if you forgot to do it live, do that in post. You just stop and say, look, we're going to talk about a section that is very hands-on and we were doing stuff in the video and I know you're listening to audio. So you can skip to the next chapter or I highly suggest you go check out the video because it will make a lot more sense with the visual built in. So I think you can use it as a way of creating a, a temporary side FOMO type thing. It's like in a book where they tell you to reference the index in the back. Yeah, exactly. Same smell. Okay, so then the last one I wanted to put out there is, you know, just generally SEO benefits, right? A lot of people struggle with SEO because they've we've all been taught back in the day how to stuff keywords and does other weird stuff that's completely yeah. bad now. Don't do that. <laughs> and the best thing for SEO is natural language. And video really does help you generate natural language. And if you happen to be attacking it from two different formats, you have twice the SEO content. You know, and SREP, sorry, search engines results page means when you go to type in uh, what's the best ham in Manchego and Amesbury Mass. You're going to get maps right now because there's no video. But if the next time we're there for camp, if Luis and I made a video about the bakehouse ham and manchegos or just bakehouse sandwiches in general, we would outperform the actual restaurant because they don't have any videos about their awesome sandwiches. Yeah, I, I think it really comes down to, again, a, a level of intentionality and understanding what your the goals of your podcast are and then creating really effective and efficient workflows, which is literally the whole point of the show. So hopefully over the last, we're now on episode 41 today. So over the last 40 weeks of listening to this show and watching this show, you understand that as we've worked through you know various workflows for this show and for video podcasting in general, the easier you can make it on yourself the more you will be able to produce and the more people you will be able to reach. And then you'll have a great database filled with video content that you'll be able to use a number of different ways in different formats, right? So now it's easy to say, you know, okay, now I can go back through past episodes. I know we did one with Sarah talking all about podcast SEO, right? Like we could pull clips of that out. We could put that into a blog post, into a guide. You know, we could do a lot with it. Now that we have this whole space set up, for video podcasting, it's easier then to record video notes. It's easier to send, you know, video memos back and forth with each other. So once you've made the investment and you understand how to use all of the tech and what the benefits are, you can use it for beyond just your podcast. You can use it to improve your video meetings. You can use it to 
communicate better with each other. You can use it for like Dungeons and Dragons night with friends that you're doing in Zoom. You know, all the different ways that you can, you can leverage video to save yourself a ton of time. It does make a difference. You just need to be really clever about it. So if it is something you want to do, it's really about thinking through, you know, how you can make it as easy on yourself as possible and be able to use it in all these different ways. You don't want to spend thousands of dollars on a camera and then only use it for your podcast. You want to be able to use it in all these different places. I thought for sure you can say you can use it for beyond say. That's where I had, I had my head ready and <laughs> changed directions. Okay, so I looked it up, and I don't know why, but Google is telling me to go to the Barking Dog to get a ham and manchego, and that's not the answer. See, Luis, we can own that SEO. <laughs> around, around yeah, you know what? Uh, that restaurant, <laughs> that restaurant is a good one. It's a, it's a good restaurant. There's like a couple of restaurateurs here in Amesbury who own multiple restaurants. So that one is owned by the same person that owns Blue Moon and used to own the Ale House and owns another one in. Haverhill, so yeah. For people that are listening on the home game, when you come to camp, the sign is going to say Haverhill, but it's Haverhill. Just get Haverhill. used to it. I'll send the, the, there's an amazing TikTok video of a guy pronouncing <laughs> Massachusetts towns. See there, a video works way better in video. For See, that. it works way better, right? Now, it's funny because for people when you're there, a barking dog is good. Louise Ken and I went a couple times. It's amazing. Oh, with Austin too, but it's not the same. This is cool. Uh, let's check the Q&A section real quick uh, while we're doing This weekend Food in Amesbury. We're just trying to get people ready for camp. Yeah. Just a reminder for everyone listening and watching that if you are part of the Ecamm fam and you are an Ecamm user, and even if you're not, you're more than welcome to join us. We are doing our first ever in-person event called Creator Camp. It is happening in October here in Amesbury, Massachusetts. We will help you pronounce Massachusetts names. <laughs> we will teach you about all things video and production and audio and ecam and webinars and meeting presentations and graphic design. We're doing headshots. Our co-founders are going to do an open feature roundtable discussion. So if you have feature ideas that you're just so excited to share, they will be here to answer all of those. We're going to have a bunch of fun parties. There's a ghost tour in Salem, Massachusetts. So it's going to be just a lot of fun, and we hope that you'll be able to make it. And you can swing over to ecamtv creatorcamp to be able to learn more and secure your tickets. Only 100 people are coming, and we're nearing that number real quick. So if you haven't yet, jump in. We'd love to see you. Oh, you know, it's so good. Yesterday, I was doing a tech check for Libsyn, right? And Elsie is just amazing anyway. But it turns out that Brian, one of her producers, her Luis. Her Luis. He is into the ghost trips and he, he's a filmmaker, right? So him and the wife, they came out and they did the Salem one. So I'm like, oh, you should come. Like, you should come hang out with us. It'll be fun. Like, yeah, so super good. I can't wait. I can't wait to go. <laughs> Let's roll the credit. Milton did ask if it was going to be streamed. I uh, know. That's why we call it FOMO. So you can come. Yeah, no, <laughs> this is, I know we're a live streaming company, but no, we are not going to live stream this event. You are either here or you're not. We do a virtual event every year called Leap Into Live. We do have a, a virtual side for people that aren't able to get to this one. But yeah, camp, camp is about hands on. So yep. you, you can't really stream it. Sorry. <laughs> FOMO created. Well, just like that, you've missed the end of this show, but that's okay. You can catch it anytime you want. Flow.ecam.com. I'll let you continue, Doc. Go ahead. No, that's good. I was like, like Katie got this down, Pat. You guys, see, this is where this practice comes in. Katie used to be scared to do this part. 
And now she just does it automatically. But yeah, you can find us at flow.ecamp.com. It will take you to wherever your podcast getting this guy. And then you can just, you know, subscribe. That is the, the RSS feed and the whole nine yards. And this particular episode is brought to you by Descript. Or you can call it Descript. Or you can call it Descript. They don't really care. They just want you to use it because it is it's not amazing. Basically takes your audio and transcribes it into a document. And if you can edit a document, you can edit your podcast. Makes it easy to add B-roll, add other clips, supporting clips. It even makes it easy to chop it up into segments that you can use to share on your social platforms. It is quite amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And join us next week. We have a special guest coming on to talk all about workflows. So if what we said was relevant today and you're like, I would like to have better workflows, we've got you (laughs) Next week, we'll be joined by a special guest, and it's going to be a great episode all about how to make those workflows much more efficient and effective. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, as they say. Thank you. It's a wrap. Bye, everyone. Calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again. It's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? (laughs) I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this.